0: Time and again, the world bears witness to truths seldom said. Lend an ear. We promise enlightened, informed conversation. My name is Robert, and this is Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. It is not often that I ask a guest to return. In this case, it's a special circumstance. We are much honored and pleased to welcome back again Lama Pema Dorje who represents, as an individual, as a monk, the Tibetan government in exile. This is the place where conversation matters, and today's conversation will matter a great deal. Welcome to Seldom Said, Lama Pema. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much. I want to congratulate our holiday, uh, Halloween holiday for everybody.
0: <laughs> marvelous, marvelous. Lama Pema, if you could, for those who did not hear an earlier discussion, can you discuss your background, where you're from, where you have been, and what brought you to this time and place?
1: I was born in Tibet in 1953. Uh, In Tibet, uh, the nomad family, we have uh, animals. I live with animals. My parents lived with animals independently, no Uh, In our country, at that time, we don't have police, uh, very peaceful. So then in 1949, Chinese occupied Tibet. So we started running away from our life, danger of life. So we left our animals, everything, mostly everything left in Tibet. And we escaped from Chinese invasion and we came to Nepal. And then we tried to come to India I lost, on the way to the Nepal and the India, I lost my both parents, and then I became an orphan. And then I finally I got got by His Holiness Dalai Lama, and he sent me to school. And then after school, I joined a monastery. I was working in a monastery a couple of years, and then they sent me to uh, our center in Hawaii to to teach about the Buddhism. And then in Hawaii, we have a nice place to live, but uh, not too much to do, it's uh, not too many people there. So I choose come to New York to talk about situation in Tibet and what's suffering in Tibetan people in our own country, what is happening, or how they're destroying our culture, religion, and race. So that's why I come here uh, try to try to to raise my voice about truthful what's happening in Tibet and um, great my friend uh, Robert he helped me to come to here to give me this chance to talk about these
0: situations thank you very much every son who has ever lived has wanted to please his mother can you Describe the promise you made to your mother to become a monk.
1: Yeah, I was uh, nine years old and my mother passed away, almost passing away like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. So she asked me to be strong and she asked me to do certain things like to become a good person or become a monk. And then I said, I, I have to promise because I said, She's dying, so why not, I say, yes, instead of saying no. So I said, yes, everything, yes. Then she says, do you know what is a monk? I said, I don't know. So she says, monks is a good people to help people, but their life is struggle. So if you don't want monk, it's fine, but you have to be a good person. I said, okay. So she says, what is a good person? I said, I don't know. So she said, be friend with everybody, either rich, poor, anything, any people you see. Just be friend with them. Then it's okay. So I tried that. So I was in the school when I was young. A couple of years, I was uh, very nasty, very angry. And then our schools, Tibetan schools, which is run by Indian government, but teachers are Tibetan Buddhist monks. So they taught how. How the negatives hate, anger, desire. So we learn something that, and it reduce my little bit my negative thought emotions. Then after that, I joined a monastery. Of course, whole Buddhist systems not hate anybody, even even books. So slowly, slowly, I have lose my strong anger. But I have anger. I'm not saying i am overcome the anger, but much better than before. So I become a monk and try to, whatever my mother asked me to do through this path, I can walk, serve other people easily by myself.
0: How long did it take you, Lama Pema, to feel that this was a life that you would enjoy? How long did it take to say to yourself, I am now a monk. When did the struggle to become a monk stop?
1: Before I became monk, I was working here, then going to school, everything. I struggle a lot. So I see it. nothing is too much beneficial for this life as well as the future. So I start, yeah, my mother's advice or wills, I have to fill up and I will do better for monk life. So I joined the monastery. So since I joined the monastery, they're teaching me how to be a behab and uh, not to hate, not to uh, how to, say, to reduce your desire, to reduce your pride jealousy. So those uh, they teach me what the consequences of those things to provoke them. So I learned. It. it's much better. Since then I got uh, a duty to work for the monastery. So I feel it is uh, useful to be a uh, better peaceful than an uh, anger, angry way, negative way.
0: Many people will hear that word monastery and remember a building they walked past, but they never went inside. What was life like living in a monastery?
1: It's uh, not easy life for the mundane mundane way. We we have lots of restrictions. We have vows like uh, fully ordered monks have uh, 253 vows, even not walk on the uh, meadow grassland, not, not to cross the river. So much we have uh, to, to not to take everyday shower. Those are small things like <laughs> because you cannot make nice looking too much for yourself because if you do that somebody dissected get rise a desire against you it's caused by you it's a negative karmic result comes to that person so that's why so many vows we have so but if you follow those rules once you become uh understanding those uh consequences of those actions it's a useful it's wonderful especially those vows based on uh, we call the six perfections which is uh, whatever people like, need it to try to supply need things and not only the material things advice whatever you could to help those things and you follow the rules discipline and also you have to be a strong and a perseverance to help not to get tired, to work hard to help others. And also you have to concentrate on what you're doing, not to make mistakes on that. And all these understanding comes from the wisdom part. So concentration after wisdom is uh, six perfections, which we call, it's a big name, but it's easy, day-to-day life actions. So we practice those, uh, every monk practice those. So that's very helpful, it's very beneficial.
0: Some time ago, you shared your lesson with students of mine. One student still speaks of it. He is very close to his father. He kept on saying to me, if someone hurt my father, I would raise my hand against that man. I would attempt to hurt him as revenge." What advice do you give to a person who says, "I've been hurt. I can't allow this to pass
1: the That comes from anger, also uh, it comes from attachments uh this is for temporary things if you that has consequences if somebody hurt your father, you hurt him, then somebody hurt again this and this is going on. unending activities coming on that action's coming so beside that. We, we call the patience. We have to see the reason why it happens. Nobody, you never saw. See, uh, Thomas, I met first time. He asked me, How you bear all these problems by yourself? How you control your anger? I said, uh, He example me, If I punch you right now, what do you do now? I said, I'm not going to punch you back. Why? I said, Because um if i you i never did nothing wrong to you you never said nothing wrong to me first time you met and you punch me i believe i did so many lifetimes somewhere i mess up with you so now you pay my bill so i take it on the rejoice it say thank you i paid my bill one of the my bill i paid today thank you I say I never get angry with you so he was so angry he hit on the floor <laughs> but he he really changed later on he says that it's very useful he it's working for him so because that those all have reasons it's based on a reality I hate somebody you hate somebody hate 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 then you become lonely in the middle of million peoples you want to live, share life, you have to live with the people. You're human beings. You have to live there, enjoy life with the human beings. So you can't hate anybody because we call the interdependence. Every day to day, food, shelter, life comes from others' help, it doesn't come by automatic, whatever you need it. Independently, anything. It's interdependence. We all depend each other. So we live together, help each other. We will have a good life. We hate each other, live together. It's a very misery life. So based on that, Buddhism says, don't fight, don't beat, don't go, no revenge. Revenge is very different for the temporary, mundane way. It's not uh, forever. Our life is short life. During your life, you cannot hate anger with others and make problems with others, and you you have to pay the consequences somewhere. So that's why we try not to hate anybody.
0: Many people presuppose that Buddhists do not care about life and that they will not protect life. Gandhi, in bringing up his philosophy of Satyagraha, often said that if he had been in Nazi Germany and he was being forced in a camp, he does not know whether he could be passive. He does not know whether he could accept. What is your answer to that? We had a terrible incident just recently now against uh, a religious group. What is your advice to a person faced with that kind of hate? Well, In Buddhism terms, we don't
1: hate the person. There is an example. I came with a stick. I don't know Robert. I hate on him, right? With I hate on him hardly. And he, do you blame you? Uh, do you blame on me or a stick?
0: <laughs> if the stick were to be responsive, I would blame it. But we live in a society where men hold sticks. So, do you feel there is evil in the world, Lama Pema?
1: Lastly, this is because of this ignorance, misunderstandings, desire, pride, jealousy makes this evil world. You know, it comes in a negative way. But we have to blame not the person. In Buddhism terms, if I hit a stick on him, he blame me. In Buddhism, don't blame me. They blame my hate, anger. Because I was the same as a stick used by I was used by anger. So, that's why through that, we don't blame on each other like, oh, you did this, You, I did this to you. No, because anger is the problem maker. Reduce the anger. Jealousy is the problem maker. Reduce the jealousy. Reduce the pride. Reduce
0: ignorance.
1: So, there will be peaceful coming.
0: You mentioned that one of my students, Thomas, he always tells me when we meet that you introduced him to meditation. Yeah. And it made him nervous at the start because he suddenly felt himself drifting. How do you explain meditation to Americans who do not meditate, we run?
1: Yeah, that's meditation is uh, it's not to keep calm. It's yes, it is because our mind is so, how you say, it, so bright, so quick, so what do you call the, so fast?
0: Yes, instinctive.
1: Instinctive. We think just now you in China, you, know, you just think in India like that. So too busy our mind, too busy to keep that down. You need to focus on calm mind. You have to calm mind keeps you. Like this. One road, there's so many cars going together. It's very, very traffic, right? Same as in the mind, so many things going together, it doesn't work too much, but it's too much busy in the mind. So, Buddhism says nothing can complete in that busyness. So, you control one thing at a time, focus on that. Whatever thought arises, just like a uh, thought arises as a uh, waves on the ocean how much waves on the ocean it doesn't uh, disturb the ocean our thought how many thought arise if you don't focus it doesn't disturb you we focus one important what are you doing a project just focus that do that finish then catch another. So. That's called the meditation. So we have a Vipassana, single point of mind, which is first you have to come by. You don't have to think anything. Just just think about the breathing or something. If you don't need to think, breathing, just stop thinking. Try to stop thinking. Once you get that better, then you analyze the things. Let's say anger. How is anger? What the concept? If I use cancer, I mean, uh, anger, what the consequences of anger? What benefit in there? What uh, wrong things I have to pay for that? So r- you see the re- analyzing things, and then you understand which is what things you have to do through the wisdom. That's, that's called the meditation. Meditation in Tibetan words it's go- called the gom. Gom means get used to it, to make, get used to it.
0: We're within 30 seconds of our first station break. Again, I've said this before on other programs, but you can tell when a program is going well and it's highly interesting because it goes so quickly. We're going to be breaking. We'll be back in a moment, and we'll talk about Lama Pema's experiences, his beliefs, and what he hopes to do for his homeland today. This is Seldom Said. My name is Robert. This is Seldom Said with Robert Amato. Welcome back. My name is Robert. This is Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. A very special guest today, Lama Pema Dorje, a Tibetan monk who is speaking to us about his beliefs, his rationale for living, and the problems his countrymen are having in their homeland of Tibet. Tashi Dela. Tashi Tashi Thank you. Perhaps we could talk about the idea of language, how to speak. We began touching on that subject. How is the Tibetan language different than others that we encounter? How is the writing, calligraphy, different?
1: It's totally different. Uh, but the sounds, when we read, when we read alphabets, is very similar to Indian, but it's. They copy from India, uh, but we have, before that, we have our scriptures, but uh, later on, uh, during the 8th century, the king took from language scriptures from Indian scriptures, so it's similar when you read, but it's different writing, totally different writing. It's totally different writing. I think there's no one similar to Tibetan language,
0: mm.
1: and that, also it's very deep on the grammar, mm. and it's uh, it's very very good, very very deep, and it's very good in the poetry.
0: Poets, yes, I have heard Tibetan poetry. It's it's marvelous. One doesn't even have to understand what is being said to understand the beauty yeah. of the words.
1: That's right. True. It's, when
0: you teach. Tibetan young children, the Tibetan language, or you teach an adult who has never heard it before, how do you approach it? It is so very different.
1: It's different, but uh, it's uh, very different is that when you teach young children, you have to be very careful first time. Whatever you say, you cannot say, that was my mistake, you have to do this. You can't do that in the kids. If you do that, they say, teacher, you teach me that way. That's right. No, they never exhibit. And (laughs) adults, you teach, if you do mistakes, you say, okay, sorry, last week, uh, this uh, this is a little different. They understand. But kids, you have to teach precise. It's a very big difference.
0: Americans, upon meeting each other, react and respond in a very Western European way. Putting out their hand, grasping their hand, the handshake. How traditionally do Tibetans greet each other?
1: How, oh, we greet with the touching foreheads. Uh, touch foreheads together. That, and yeah, it's a very similar things we do here. You know, how can we do touch foreheads? And also, we, whatever we say is like you check up, you say, bless you. God bless you. We have, uh, say, Lama bless you, Buddha bless you. We say the same thing. And also we say, live long. We say that same thing. We all have very similar ideas. It's not but a different language.
0: I've spoken to people who are Buddhist, who are Muslim, Hindu, Jain, Christian, Jew. Everyone uses the term bless you at some point. As a monk, what are you saying, and what is the meaning, for you, of the words "bless you"? Ah, bless
1: you is not, not like I'm blessing somebody. We ask a Buddha in Buddhism. You believe in a Buddha? Buddha bless you because he has a energy power to bless because he is fully enlightened. So he has the energy to bless the person because the chikap is strong coming out. So sometimes by that action, people die. That's what they call Buddha, Buddha bless you or long life. They say that.
0: You use that term that brings a certain type of misunderstanding and at times fear. In a Western heart, the word die. The Tibetan view of death is quite different. You've just lost someone extremely important to your government in exile. We've read about sky burial and so forth. Compare the Tibetan concept of death with our idea of going to a heaven. Your idea is reincarnation, you'll return. Can you explain that for the listening audience? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Death is, uh, how say, unskippable. Once you're born, there is death. And then there is a caution arise death is negative. Yes, it is negative. You can't come back in the same form. But it's not end of the program. Your life is not the last one. Uh, you will reborn in any form according to your actions, result. So, death, we teach how to die. Uh, how to die means they teach you. When, when our death comes, people get scared, people get fainted. Not to have that, before you die, you're alive, you learn how to understand death arising. Because death is, when death comes, your elements are dissolution. All your dissolution, your elements, earth, water, fire, wind. So once you learn everything before you, die when you're young time you have any time you have a chance to learn it once you understand that then the dissolution symptoms you can understand treatment of death then you don't don't get a scare fear there's no fear so you understand there is death it's certain so we learn how to die methods. so once you die if you know this death is coming for sure, you're going to die today. So, you have a chance how to get a better rebirth. You can make it. And before you finish your this life. So, once you understand, there's no death. There's no such bad thing because you will change your body. So, we don't scare too much. But those who don't understand like me, yeah, they're scared because they don't know. Those who understand... How to die, they have no fear to die. But they know where, what time, how element, uh, these elements uh, dissolve, where you have to think this thing, that thing. You remember your teachers, you remember Buddha, and that certain focus on how you meditate on them, then you have no problem. You'll be reborn in a better life.
0: An American Indian friend when he is ill or angry or hurt, often tells me the earth will make me whole, the ground will make me full. What is the Tibetan view of this world of ours, of nature?
1: Nature is a part of our life. Even our body is the whole nature, four elements there, five natures. Without earth environments we can survive. It's wonderful, but everything in this samsara, we call samsara this world. It's samsara is like a, a magic or show, magic show, or it's a, like a, a echo. It's impermanent. Nothing is permanent in this samsara. Then there's no place. There is only happiness. No, on this samsara, because this samsara is, Come to by the cause of negative actions. We come here to pay the bills. So once you understand the nature of the samsara is suffering, so you know come here how to handle. You have to learn how to handle the problems, how to overcome the problems. If you understand that, this, samsara is not bad. That's what you. Anything that you can perceive, like. Oh, this will help. It helps because you change your mind. Oh, the touching earth will help heal me. Touching this will heal me. That's like in our monastery, we have Buddha statues. Statues not Buddha. Statues, statues are material that can bless you. But form of that, we imagine that the wisdom of the Buddha into there and that performs blessing to us. It helps.
0: At the top of the Buddhist-Tibetan hierarchy is His Holiness, the 14th Reincarnation, Jensen Gatso, the Dalai Lama. Who is the Dalai Lama?
1: Oh, Dalai Lama is named since first Dalai Lama given by the Mongolian kings, uh, giving him a title, Dalai, Dalai Lama. Before that, he's a Tibetan monk, Lama. High scholar, and uh, but that Dalai Lama comes from I uh, think fifth Dalai Lama or second Dalai Lama, somewhere uh, fifth Dalai Lama somewhere they got that, but before that Dalai Lama is from the beginning of the Tibet race He's the first father of Tibetan people. We believe in that. He's a reincarnation of that we call the Buddha Amitabha. So. So he came in the form to be a monkey, and uh, Tara, Mother Tara, she's the form of wisdom. She came in the form of a, uh, it's called a, uh, some kind of a female ghost form of that. Came in together. They made uh, six kids. That six sons, the race comes from Tibet. From that, Tibet race began. So he's the father of Tibet. <laughs> then after that, he become the kings of all the kings, lineages. He came in recognition of his he came in the name of kings. Then after that, he become the teachers. Now, according to the time of what necessary in Tibet, he played a role in that. He came up to until now he's a teacher. So the Lama is, we believe him, he's a our Loktishwara, which is the Buddha of compassion.
0: When I had the pleasure of meeting him, and I don't often like to talk about self, I'd rather talk about the guest. It's always the guest's program, especially a guest with your depth and intellect. When we met, he leaned into me and just softly chanted a prayer. Meditation and releasing that way requires incredible discipline. He can do that for hours. Yeah. How long have you been able to meditate? I
1: am not a good meditator, nor I'm a good scholar. But I meditate. Yes, of course, we have to meditate for my sake and for other sentiment sake. I wear this robe. I have to do. So, it's my duty. I do like half an hour. It depends on New York. it's a, And I've been my life. whole life is busy. Even in the monastery, I was working for the monastery. But we meditate as much as we get time. Like half an hour, one hour, maybe more. Sometimes we have a whole day like we do a prayer services in uh, ten days. Continue from morning eight to evening eight, and uh, we do in uh, San Francisco every year for ten days, five days in New York. So we do prayers, meditate on what we're doing, prayers, focus on the prayers, and pray for the sentient beings. So. Mostly we try to remember the suffering of the sentient beings, how to heal it through what method we learn from, through that, visualizing that, and do prayers. It depends on the
0: time. We have known each other for some time now. Many, (laughs) many years. (laughs) It has been my pleasure. Thank you. You are and have always been an incredibly modest man. No. I know you always negate that. I would wonder, there's a marvelous, uh, happened to be a Christian theologian, could have been anyone, Thomas Aquinas, who once said that he likes people to find out what he knows rather than tell people what he knows. Hmm. It's better for him if people say, oh, how marvelous, if they realize that. Why does modesty play such a strong role in your character? Oh, that's a, suppose, I'm not a modest one, but uh,
1: the marvelous living, how's uh, they call the simple living high thinking. That helps to reduce your negative emotions, anger, desire, pride, jealousy. Just try to live in that, that's a, suppose monks live like that. And But I have a full of negative thought emotions. But usually that's supposed to you live simple life and high thinking means to study more, to make understand more.
0: In essence, are you saying you can reread the same scripture, look at the same chant and prayer, and find something new in it each time?
1: Yeah, that's the Tibetan language. It's very diff. And Hindi too, Hindi is very deep too, but compared to Tibetan, and especially for the Buddha's teaching. Buddha's teaching is very based on science, reality, and philosophy, and culture, and one thing. So when you read, if you're a good reader, first time you read, you feel cultures, second time you read some philosophy is coming in there. Oh, that's funny! And then third time you read, oh, science in there too. So it's it's very multi words I and mean, multi meanings and one words. Yeah, it's very very diff.
0: We're one and one half minutes into the movement toward our second break, so perhaps we'll have to defer a total answer and then come back and explain further, Tibetans, upon meeting each other, would always welcome the person by saying, what practitioner of a worldly faith are you? There's an acceptance of virtually everything. Do you feel that there needs to be a change in Tibetan beliefs to survive in this very angry world, or do you feel you have the answer already?
1: Ah. Uh. I don't think we have to change this in a different way. But this is enough. Now we are lack of understanding of wisdom. We we don't understand the nature and how to live together to build a uh, better environment. This only comes to what we live in. We don't have a thousand years. We have no police, no army in the country. We live peacefully. <laughs> so it's, it's a... This culture, this, uh, what do you call the our religion, made us that, so, so even now, Chinese took over our country, the government destroyed their. We'll have to take the break.
0: Okay. We're going to have to take the break and come back in a few seconds. Lama Pema, hold that thought, Thank because you. Tibet has a lesson for all of us. This is Seldom Said, my name is Robert. This is Seldom Said with Robert Amato. Welcome back. My name is Robert. program is Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. Special guest today. Both a holy man, a good man, and I'm blessed to have his friendship. And I thank him for that. Lama Pema Dorje, who will speak to the issue of being Tibetan and being Buddhist in a world that doesn't seem to want to accept Buddhist teachings of peace. And tranquility and love and association. Lama Pema, if you could continue with this thought of the ways one should relate one to the other.
1: Yeah, uh, so I was talking about the even the Chinese took over our land, they took all our resources, everything they're taking away, destroying the land and destroying our race. That's only government doing that. We believe that politicians doing that but we don't hate chinese people because hate never bring good result that's why we try to pray do prayers through the prayers visualizing buddha to cease their negative thought emotions and change their uh, negative thought emotions and get some wisdoms and they know how to live to share with us that's what we call the china We want uh, His Holiness, that I'm told, we need uh, to live together, share what we have together. We don't hate each other. So we are working on that right now for the Chinese people
0: too. Every religion starts with a manifestation and a statement of their own core dogmatic beliefs, their own core basic beliefs. In the beginning there was the Word, the Word was God, and God made man, Old Testament. A Muslim would say there is no God but God and Allah is his name. When a Buddhist prays, who does he think is listening? Ha! <laughs>
1: his wisdom is listening. <laughs> Buddha, uh. we call it Buddha. Buddha means the wisdom. And uh, Buddha is not a form of person. The person who came in the form of Buddha and he passed away, that's his teachings and the wisdom is there. The reality is there. He taught us how to believe in the reality. So, uh, what we believe is Buddha means, buddhi means the mind. Who understands your own mind is called the Buddha person. So, it's not the one form you saw, it, that was a statue that the Buddha is not. But that in that quality, wisdom, or this... Uh, Spirit. You call spirit? Yes. That thing is called wisdom. It's uh, not form. It's not in the form, not in color. It's understand through your practice, gaining through your practice. So, uh, where we are talking about the Buddhism, we always pray first Mother Sentient Beings. First we pray Buddha who, taught us, this great, knowledgeable scholar, historical, this person came to the world, he taught us as, he fully enlightened these things you do, you will be do same thing, you get same enlightenment, he taught us, so we follow the rule, and we say, I will do as you did it, so I want your, I want be like you, fully enlightened being, to serve other sentient beings. So we called, after that we generated bodhicitta, which is all sentient beings are my mother's. God. You cannot tell any sentient being, this has never been my mother. No, we believe in many lifetimes, endless not, uh, times I was born in beings, not in human form, but any beings are born, there is a mother. So those mother give us life, pay their kindness. That's what we believe or mother sentient beings. All sentient beings we believe mothers. So that's why we try not to harm others. Our, our view is interdependence and our action is nonviolence, not to harm others.
0: There is great beauty in such a belief. It is living life as if it is poetry and yet your country is beset with an aggressive invader who is controlling your life. And unfortunately, at this stage in the program, it does seem a necessity to talk about what's happening in Tibet today. What is happening right now?
1: It's very, very strict on Tibetans, especially monks and nuns, because they want to destroy our culture, our religion. That's why they, especially they, target on the monks and nuns, scholars, and uh, those people who try to preserve that, they they put in the jail and working on that. It's very strict. So they try to erase, the government Try to erase our culture, religion, and people. So it's very hard. But see, in Tibetans, according to His Holiness Giving, um, uh, advice to our Tibetan people, so we tried. For example, we tried not to harm others. I said, for example, we last three four years, we lost hundred fifty over hundred fifty people. They burn themselves in fire for the sake of our culture, religion, and people. So we, the people who burn themselves, kill themselves. Why don't they can harm others? They can do it, but they don't do it to harm others. That's why they want the support from the outside world to show our suffering. They kill themselves for the sake of our culture and the people. See 150, over hundred and fifty people they killed themselves. But they didn't kill any Chinese in there. That's our action, not to harm others. Example.
0: The English word for such action is immolation. Do you feel that it has changed anything? Not yet, but it will change it. Many
1: ordinary Chinese have changed it, but government still, it's hard to change, immediate because their government, Chinese government is not in, how you call the fearless. It's in lots of trouble, lots pro- of problems in there. That's why nobody is in Nobody's in safe. Nobody's so they they live in in secure. Even the president.
0: That insecurity does seem prevalent. Early on, I do remember reading about the attack on Drepung Monastery in Tibet, and how Tibetans were trying to. Fire arrows at jet planes. It seemed incongruous. Are there any monasteries in Tibet that still subsist and exist in the traditional way?
1: Yeah, we have a couple of monasteries in the east, uh, lots of monasteries. Now, the Chinese destroyed 600, over 600 monasteries, they destroyed during the Cultural Revolution. Almost all are rebuilt by Tibetan people. So we have uh, monks there, but uh, they're not. Not as we used to have. You can study our philosophy and culture, religious practice, but there is monasteries.
0: There are practitioners there. When His Holiness Dalai Lama passes, there is a process that is used to find his successor, his reincarnated spirit. How does that process work? Uh, it,
1: work, uh, it will go to work. It depends on what our necessary uh, the, uh, uh, His Holiness has to more beneficial to born again in human in Tibetan society. Of course, he will reborn. But the, now, right now, Chinese come once they want to put their appointment somebody. That's not going to be okay. But uh, according to our traditional way. Do we find him, his real incarnation, if we find him, if he's reborn, it will be that way. Same as useful like now. Helpful like.
0: Must his reincarnation be Tibetan? Can Dalai Lama be any nationality?
1: Any nationality. (laughs) That's why he said... One of the occasions, somebody asked, Can you be reborn in a woman sometime? And anytime he said, If it is necessary, I'll be in a female form and I should be a very beautiful. I don't, I'm once I'm a Dalai Lama, I cannot use the cosmetics
0: (laughs) 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 for someone in the listening audience who is saying to himself this exotic land, the Shrangle this literary land that we read about in poetry and see in movies, I want to go there.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Should they visit? Uh, now not too much left, but you still, you can go there and see them, some leftovers. So for Tibet is uh, very important not only for the Tibetans, the whole world It is necessary. It's a whole drinking water comes from the Tibet. Tibet is the, what do you call the and water well, water is from it's in Tibet and the air is pure quality in Tibet now these days Chinese people uh, fill up Tibetan air in the balloon and selling in China and uh, water has eight qualities water which is cold chill not Hurting, drinking, uh, drinking—it never hurts for the stomach. No hurt throat. It's no smell. It's pure. At quality water comes in Tibet. Comes from it goes to all over the world. One water goes to China. One goes to the Vietnam. It goes to the India, Nepal, goes to Pakistan, Russia. All this area, the water comes from Tibet.
0: The Chinese have just completed a railroad line from the mainland of China into Lhasa, the capital of traditional Tibet. More Chinese are moving in than were Tibetans before 1947-48. Yes. What can people in the listening audience do to try to help? You cannot stop
1: not Tibet, Chinese coming in Tibet. They're automatically coming because they have a the way to come. They see the sources to live in Tibet. They have seen the, they, We have resources like gold, silver, uh, no, gold, uh, copper, coals, oil, and uh, diamonds. We have uh, asbestos. We have uh, uraniums, everything in Tibet. So they have to come to share it. But we're asking not to destroy the land. They, they, they did a contact with the German to throw the nuclear waste in Tibet. They're throwing in the, where the Yangtze River, the Yellow River comes, they're throwing the waste. Couple years ago, still they're throwing there. The water goes to China. It's the, one of the main irrigation water in China. So that affects in China, that area, many people, the kids born with the disabled, but still they're using it. So we're saying, don't destroy like that. We can share everything. We are all human beings. We can live together, not to harm each other, share everything, live together. Chinese government is not doing that yet. Hopefully they will do soon. So we need uh, support to raise, to save the environment in Tibet, water, air, What we necessarily think the Chinese destroy it, save that. And uh, we save our culture and religion in outside Tibet.
0: There is so much wealth in Tibet, so much natural wealth that would be valuable to those who think in the Western concept of money and purchasing and material goods. Are the Chinese sharing, to your knowledge, any of the wealth that they have gotten with Tibetans? Chinese scholars... Really,
1: scholars who understand the n- reality—they're writing lots about these things, about in their newspapers, and they're writing all over, try to save Tibet. But government right now is uh,
0: different. We are Americans living in this country, coming up to an election. Do you feel that the United States has done enough to help Tibet?
1: They're helping. We need more help. <laughs> we need more help. But they're helping. We're really grateful to on uh, your government and your people's support. And uh, we are survived here. We are because your people, your government, and we're very thankful to that. But we need more support because uh, it's not easy to help uh, directly. But still, we need support. Continue more than what they're doing now
0: I do know from our conversations that you have plans for the future you do want to return what are those plans
1: yeah I want to return I want to build schools hospitals whatever I could. It's necessary, not I want to build some factories to build some, make money. No, I want to build the education centers, I want to build the hospitals to the people. To, uh, those, we need necessary in the countries like Tibet and China too.
0: We just shared and took lunch together. You had change, <laughs> coin, and you left it with the woman at the cash register telling her you might need this more than I. How do you reconcile that belief with the Western idea of that 25 cents is mine, I'm going to turn it into a dollar?
1: Uh, No, I don't do that. Uh, That's our Buddhist philosophy Try to give anything one coin or 10 cents or whatever you have you can able to give to somebody. It's not because the other ones are lower than you or other one is uh, poor, more poorer, more poor than no, not like that. It's just to make a uh, wish to get the person eliminate his negative thought emotions and get understand more wisdom, more wider and more become a wise person. For that we just make connection.
0: Very often, particularly in Western cultures, we run from one minute to another. You seem to live every minute, which is hard for some people here to understand. You live every breath. Yeah, you have to live. They call the uh, not.
1: I said, okay, I don't know too much, but I learned from my teachers and uh, His Holiness. Try to, even one bread is useful to the other sentient beings. Our masters, Indian masters, they say, I was born in the earth, I was born as a wind, I was born as a water, I was born as a, uh, any substance that benefit other sentient beings.
0: We've come, unfortunately, to the end of a marvelous program. Appreciate having Lama Pema Dorje. Thank you to speak to his issue and talk about his nation, Tibet. For those of us in the listening audience, for myself as a moderator, there are certain things that we'll file away and remember and consider and meditate and perhaps even pray over. But for now, those in the listening audience and my guest, Buddha, bless you. Thank you. This is Seldom Said. My name is Robert